NPR senior economics contributor Chris Farrell is here. He joins us most Mondays. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. I need some good news. Okay. Come on, bring we'll, it. We'll start with the good news. We'll Thank get to you. some of the uh, other stuff, other stuff <laughs> later on. But the good news, Minnesota's job market remains healthy. I mean, look, we have Minnesota added 8,000 jobs in September, and the unemployment rate, it's at 3.1%. And so the state's job growth outpace the rest of the nation and our unemployment rate is lower than the rest of the nation. And that is good. All of that. It's all good. And the gains have been really broad based. Angela, education and health services were up, leisure and hospitality, trade, transportation, utilities, government and construction has been strong really for the past 12 months. So Minnesota's added jobs nine out of the last 12 months. The job market just keeps bringing more people you know, off the sidelines. That's great. And economists are also, they seem to be increasingly optimistic about uh, prospects for the national economy, seems like. Right. So if you were sort of say, what is the consensus now? What seems to be the emerging consensus? It's that the U.S. economy isn't going to sink into recession over the coming year. The Federal Reserve is probably done with its campaign of raising its benchmark interest rate. And inflation, you know, unevenly, but will continue its downward path. And there was this latest quarterly survey by the Wall Street Journal, and they surveyed business and academic economists. And this group now believes uh, that the probability of recession is like at 48 percent, and that's way below what they believed in previous uh, recent surveys. We get a good number this week, an important number, which is what's happening to GDP. We get the gross domestic product number for the third quarter, and the consensus expectation is advanced by 4.3%. Now, you don't get a recession out of a 4.3% economy. And again, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to see the interest rate get hiked again? It really doesn't. At least uh, when they meet in November, the consensus expectation is they won't hike their 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 interest rate, because what's happening, Angela, is interest rates are already going up. The ten the yield on the ten year Treasury went to five percent, and that's the first time since two thousand seven we've seen uh, interest rates at that high level. And so I think what it, what is happening is that the Fed is partially looking at, hey. The market is doing our job. We don't need to raise interest rates. The market's already raising interest rates. And just to give you an idea uh, about what this means, according to bank rate, the average retail credit card, the annual percentage rate, that APR, that figure you hear, you know, what's my APR in that? New record high of 28.93% this year. But there are some things that are keeping uh, a lot of people awake at night. Uh, uncertainty attached to the turmoil in the Middle East and, and the war between Russia and Ukraine continues. The Republican majority in the House uh, can't decide on a majority leader. Uh, interest rates are high and all of that nerve wracking. It is nerve wracking. And the war in the Middle East and Ukraine, I mean, along with higher energy prices. I mean, look, um, this is one of the reasons why. The Fed isn't willing to declare victory over inflation. It just simply looks out there and with all the uncertainty and the higher uh, oil prices. And you see it when you go, uh, I don't know if you filled up uh, your tank this weekend, but you do see see these these, these higher prices. So yeah. um, this is one of the reasons why the Fed is so cautious. And when you, when you read The Economist and they're trying to sift their way through the tea leaves to try and figure out what's going on, you really do get a sense of a great deal of uncertainty. I mean, we don't know how how um, the war in the Middle East, how far is that going mm-hmm. to become? How big is that going to become? The war in the Ukraine, obviously, that has uh, big implications for for food and, and, and energy. So 
the Fed seems to be in a pause. The numbers are going in the right direction in terms of the U.S. economy, but not a whole lot of confidence once you start pushing. One thing that's really standing out to me in my notes here, uh, as, especially as we head into the holiday shopping season, I see the average retail credit card annual percentage rate hit a new record high of 28.9% um, this year. That's right. And so this is where the higher interest rates, you know, we're seeing higher interest rates are having an impact in the housing market. Uh, sales are way down in terms of the of the housing market. You're, uh, and of course, the expectation is this is not. A, I get a sense, Angela, that the holiday season is not. The expectation is it's not going to be great. Um, Again, that that feeling of uncertainty. The feeling like, of uncertainty. Don't know what's around the corner. Let's just be a little right. bit cautious here. Let's just be a little bit, little bit careful. But I do. There is one piece of good news, at least if, if reading in economic reports, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York came out and said, you know. The student loan repayments, they started this month again, right? And there's been a lot of concern that those student loan repayments would sort of weigh down on the economy. People would be spending less. Right. And they did this study and they came up with a pretty convincing study that, no, it's not going to have that much of an impact. Now, the people who are having trouble paying their bills before 2019 are going to have trouble paying their bills in 2023. But for many people, one, they said their evidence is people are making adjustments uh, already uh, in terms of their spending. But the big thing is that the administration's new income-driven repayment plan called SAVE, and it really can lower the price of your bill. It's being, it looks like it's going to be popular. So one of the good macro... Now, individuals, it can be terrible. So I don't want to minimize that. But in the aggregate, when you look at the macroeconomic impact of the re repayment of student loans, it's probably not going to weigh as much on the economy as we were initially concerned. And I see, is this correct? Rent prices are declining right. year so over year? Look at year over year. So when you look at that, this is one of the reasons why people are so confident about inflation because, um, you know, well, drive around the Twin Cities, right? Look, I mean, it seems to me every corner there's a building going up. I know I'm slight exaggeration there, but a lot of there money. has been a, a lot of building. And um, the other thing is there's a really good study that came out of um, Harvard University State of the Nation Housing Report. And what they're looking at is household formation. And so they kind of see that household formation is slowing down because that's where a lot of your demand comes from. So for a variety of reasons, partially on the supply side, partially on household formation, uh, one reason why so many people are becoming more confident about um, inflation is that you're not seeing the rental price increases. But it also illustrates an important point. You're not seeing price cuts. Right. I mean, what it is, is you're not seeing price increases. Mm -hmm. That's really what's happening right now. And what else are you following in the, in the weeks to, to come? Well, the other thing, it's, it's really an impact of this high uh, employment economy that we have, which is really the, the relative rise, the power of labor. I mean, private sector unions were, you know, didn't do much for years and years and years. And now we're really seeing a lot of negotiations going on and, uh, you know, attempts to organize uh, at Starbucks or Amazon, if you think about that. And uh, there's this uh, labor action tracker at Cornell University. And uh, there have been 321 strikes so far in 2023. So we're starting to see some real movement by labor. Now, how far it goes, you know, that's an open question. But we recently had uh, the settlement at Hormel. Mm -hmm. And that provided a lot of good benefits. You had a settlement at United Airlines, you know, increase there. The United Auto Workers, they're doing their work. You know, that strike is still ongoing. So something is happening on the labor front. And much of it really what it comes down to is 
companies are looking for workers. Mm-hmm. Workers have more negotiating power. They're more empowered than That's we've right. seen before. All right. Well, I like that. We'll end on that note. Uh, NPR's uh, senior economics contributor, Chris Farrell, will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. 